Olivia Newton-John, that's Pegasus um, from the Gaia album, A Woman's Journey. The Divine really wants us to pray for Olivia Newton-John, for her health, her strength, her heart. She has been on this journey, spiritual journey, for longer than many of us. And she awoke with the truth a long time ago. And it would be like in the 80s. And what makes her so special is the fact that her love is so pure. It's so innocent and kind. And her visions that she sees are the telltales of what the divine wants us to listen to. Protecting the planet, protecting the rainforest, protecting the trees, protecting the earth, because you have no idea how much the archangels need that. For them to dwell on earth with you, to protect you, they need that clean air. They need that the trees. They need the leaves. They need something to land on like every butterfly. 333. This is serious. People have pulled out a separating science from religion, science from spirituality, science from nature, and you can't because they're woven into one. And as I said before, we heal with the energy from the trees, from our ancestors in the spiritual realm, as well from the energy from Mother Gaia. What people don't realize is that the archangels, when they come down here to protect us, they need the same. They need the clean air to breathe. They need the green vitality to recharge their chakra hearts. I mean, they people may think just because they're divine and they're spiritual that they, they have all the resources in them by themselves. Oh, contraire. They come down to protect us and love us, but at the same time, we have to show that love and compassion to them. It is really important. And before that song was time for a cool change because the divine wants us, because we're closing cycles that no longer serve us and we are moving to a better, bright direction. 
And the song before that was, you know, 444, Divine Protection is what that is. It's my Divine Protection song. It's Who Loves You Pretty Baby by the Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. The Four Seasons are the Archangels. Archangel Michael, Archangel Gabriel, Archangel Raphael, and Archangel Uriel. And they're all four part of the seasons and they come to protect us. And we need to protect them just as much as they love to protect us. I had this dream. Like, I, I don't want to say dream because it's a meditation. I go through my meditation stages between 4 a.m. and 8 a.m. That's my meditation state. And uh, I, I see Pegasus myself. I saw Pegasus though when I was with God or with the Lord. He had a red robe and he had a crown and he was taking me on this horse. It was Pegasus because it had wings. Beautiful. Just, just simply beautiful. And there was a tent there, red and white striped. And it had an abundance of uh, food that you could eat, ambrosia, um, nectar, sweet nectar to drink, and lots of fruit and vegetables. When, when they're doing the God and when the Lord talk about abundance, they're not talking just about wealth and prosperity. It's how you define wealth and prosperity. Wealth and prosperity is within you first. When you're eating hearty, when you're, when you're plenty, when your belly is full, when you don't ask for nothing, you are abundant. And it's much more humbling when you pull yourself down from that cloud. If you say you're not abundant now, you won't be abundant later. Being thankful for those little things keeps us in mind of what's really out there because, you know, we need to pray for the people that have less... And the reason why when we give that back is when we recharge that energy and we make it circular and it comes back around towards us. So I saw this, it's really funny, a few days ago I talked about this vision I had about this blonde-haired, God-looking guy. I mean, he was like beautiful-looking, I mean, he was gorgeous and um, tall. He was tall. And he was on, he hugged me, he embraced me. And it was funny because I was asking for a hug a few days before when I was talking to my ancestors and my angels. And I was saying to them, I was like, you know, I just, it would be nice to have a hug once in a while. That's why I loved hugging my daughter last night. You need that affection. We get it from our animals. We get that from the energy we get from the clouds in the sky. You can hug a tree if you need to. But the truth of the matter is, is that you, you do miss that type of connection with somebody. And he out of nowhere hugs me, but he was so nervous and he was so shy. He was so awkward because he was like afraid he was either going to break me or he was afraid of how I would react towards him. And then after that, he transforms into a centaur because he wasn't comfortable being in clothes. He wasn't comfortable being in a suit. Confirmation from Skittles. He wasn't comfortable being in, um, in an element that was not his own. He didn't know how to be seek, to perceive himself, you know? But I saw him again this morning. He kissed me on the lips and then he kissed me on the forehead and his eyes were closed and the wind was blowing in his hair. And um, union is coming. 
union is coming. Divine masculine, divine feminine. It wasn't a kiss goodbye. It was a kiss for I'll be back. Union is coming. And it's been really quiet. Because I've been, uh, my guides are usually telling me things all the time. But they're really, really, really quiet today. So there's either something I'm not supposed to say, or there's something that the, that the, the collective is not to know. But, yeah, that must be it, because the birds are really chirping loud now. Yeah, it's a surprise. Okay. Because yesterday I saw one of, um, I get, like I told you, I get these little tiny little creatures. They like to come on my window. And with this, and they act almost like as they're acting out the energies of what's going on around me. Like someone's trying to peek in, feeling like they're on the outside looking in, missing someone, you know, longing for that attention, thinking that they're being shut out. When well, that's not the case. That's not the case. A lot of you are ending relationships. A lot of you are trying to move forward because you're realizing things no longer serve you. 1010. And that is important because once you cross that Rubicon and you realize that, you can't go back. There's a peace that is in your heart at that point because you want the other persons or the people in your lives to succeed and you love them and you so much want them to keep moving in a better direction. And But you can't live their life for them. So as humans, we need to learn that as galactic beings and as earth angels and light workers, we can only give them the tools of what they need to do. We can't make them use them. So yesterday I was with I was busy with finals and I'm still busy with finals. I'm graduating from college from um, community college today. I'm really excited about this. Um, I haven't held a high uh, diploma in my hand in since 1988. That's a long time. But the next one's coming. You just got to keep going with it and uh, keep moving forward and being grateful and blessed and honored that these things are happening and thankful for the lessons and, and thank you for the journey and just keep moving, you know, in that positive direction. And then finally making choices to where you want to go with it. And I have been guided not to stay in Texas after all of this is over that I'm needed in another city or a state. Um, yeah, confirmation. I have a dragonfly here, being lighthearted, finding things out right here, whispering through, saying yes, 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 yes. Sweet little dragonfly is up here on my balcony saying hello. Now there he is. He's in the window. Every time I see the dragon, I, I'm very blessed because life, you have to live life to the fullest. You can't you can't live it for other people or wait for people to get their act together or you can't move to a location just because someone wants you to wait for them or hope that there's something going to be. You have to let it go. So, yeah, that's coming. That's definitely coming. And uh, some of you might be moving, and that's a good thing. Jobs might take you to different locations. Jobs might take you to different cities, states, maybe different countries. That's okay. It's okay if you're being guided to do that because it's part of your journey. 
we have to spread the love around so that people know that when they're, as Jesus said, you know, as prophets, you're never the prophet in the city you grew up in or you were born in. You have to wander and you have to go to the next. You have to travel. You have to experience life and you have to experience people. Especially if you're in your 50s like me. You don't waste that. So you pick a profession that you can do that your job allows you to travel. You can meet people, go all over the world, and make the world a better place. Because that's the plan. I always talk about the bird, the, the tree that's in front of my window that has, you know, the bet and it has the eye of Ra. And there's the bird leaving it just now. Now we're getting our confirmations. Yes. Branches needs to expand. So we can't just be in Texas. We have to keep moving. And that's what the disciples did. That's what the apostles did. They kept moving to spread the good news. So that's what we're going to do. You know. So. Alright, let's get to it. There's going to be temptation. Sky's the limit. Yeah, dream big. I was seeing um, gecko lizards for the past few days. And that means dream big. Dream Put your intentions out there to the divine and out to the sky and to the sun when it comes out towards you and, and dream big with the things that you want. Highly important. Staying in that positive vibration. Yeah. Someone needs to give up some toxic habits. Like we were talking yesterday in class about Scheduled one and two drugs, people having to give up. They have an addiction to cocaine, addiction to meth, addiction to Adderall, addictions to um, ecstasy. 1444, someone's being divinely protected. There's people popping pills. And when they get in those pills, they, they get that codependency and they feel like that's what they need. I'm here to tell you, pain pills will not solve your problem. They won't. They're not going to make the pain go away. They're just going to numb you for two hours. You have to do mental, spiritual work on yourself. You have to heal the heart. You have to go within and make the commitment that you want to devote your life into healing and understanding why we heal with nature. And as a shaman... Or shaman in training. Am I shaman in training? Or am I shaman? <laughs> you first just said, you tell us. <laughs> what are you? Are you? Are you not? Are you? You tell us. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> five, 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 expect the unexpected. Um, shamans have to travel to get clarity and teachings it cannot just be by yourself but I've had the best teacher I've had the divine because they've been teaching me as I've been going along for three years I had no idea how to communicate with nature or with the animals or with the divine until they taught me and I'm grateful for that information because it's been really incredible but it's time to go further and teach the world so all right, let's go ahead and get down to it. We're going to do the reading. I apologize. I could not do this yesterday, but I'll do today and I'll do tomorrow. I'll do yesterday's and I'll do today's. 
It's Wednesday of the fourth week of Easter, lectionary 281, reading 1, Acts 12, 24, 13, 5. That's 2, 2, 4, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Completion plus 3, 13. Two major arcanas. Okay. The word of God continued to spread and grow. After Barnabas and Saul completed their relief mission, they returned to Jerusalem, taking with them John, who was called Mark. Now there were in the church at the Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius, Cyrene, of Cyrene, Manan, who was a close friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then completing their fasting and prayer, they laid hands on him and sent them off. So they sent forth by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia, and went there, sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived in Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. Responsible Psalm 67, 2, 3, 5, 6, and 8. O God, let all the nations praise you, or Alleluia. May God have pity on us and bless us. May he let his face shine upon us so your way may be known upon earth. Among all nations, your salvation. O God, let all the nations praise you. Alleluia. May the nations be glad and exult because you rule the peoples in equity. The nations of the earth you guide. O God, let all the nations praise you. Alleluia. May the people praise you, O God. May all the people praise you. May God bless you. And may all the ends of the earth fear him. O oh God, let all the nations praise you. Alleluia. John eight twelve. I am the light of the world, says the Lord. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. Alleluia. We're going to talk about that in a bit. Confirmation, because my little hummingbird's whistling. Woo, 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 woo. Hi. How are you? Can you come closer? I see you in the window. Hi, Cardinal. You're beautiful. He flies away. Hi, hi, hi. How of you might be seeing Cardinals today like I did? Um, your ancestors may be trying to talk to you. I think that was my grandma wishing me congratulations on my graduation. I just, you know, I just think that might be. Also could be my past life husband who's always around watching over me and loving me and giving me his energy. Yeah, that too. Yeah. When you see cardinals, they are guides from, you know, your, your spiritual ancestors. They're also parts, they're archangels, guides, you know, trying to get messages to you. And I've always had them come to me when times of sorrow, but I've also had them in times of healing and times of joy. So for my grandmother, I had it on a Mother's Day, so I knew it was my grandmother. And my past mothers, my past life grandmothers, and my past life children. That's how you have to look at it now. When you find out that you have a past life with someone, and a significant one when you find out who that person and your counterpart is, you have to now take into consideration that those ancestors are always around you, even when they pass on and rejoice and be glad because they're still with you. That's the beauty of the mystery of faith, because energy doesn't leave your form. It doesn't leave you your soul arises and your soul can travel through everything because it's energy. Flesh cannot do that. Flesh cannot penetrate through things. So when you are part of spirit 
and divine, you are able to, you know, bring those messages down from the 5D when you go to sleep because you're transferring energy from the higher realms. And that's what God wants us to know. So when I get messages, like for example, when I see a, I see a little fairy fly, like I said, or a ladybug, and it lands in between a lamp and the divine, a figuring of the divine that I have, and it's in between, and it's the light of the world. 111, new beginnings. It's teaching you that you can see the Lord every single day. And I don't mean just in your dreams. I don't mean in the 5D. And I don't mean just like, you know, around the people. God wants you to see him around everything. So like for me, when I was like between the tree of life for branches, and then I saw that one and one, one creature crawling up there on the, by the light, by the electrical outlet, I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, light of the world. It's a message from the divine. So when you get messages like that, if you start seeing creatures or people standing in between, you know, light, fixtures, lamps, they're teaching you to be able to intuitively read pictures, to intuitively read messages. It's like when I see my hydrangeas, some of them are drooping because I don't know why they're not living and then the other ones are thriving at the same time. It's not neglect because they both were receiving the same amount, but sometimes the seed doesn't want to grow. Or sometimes people are just sad. So it's to give you that combination. One child might feel like they're getting love and the other child might not feel like they're getting love. Or one adult might not feel like they're getting love and the other one is getting love, so they're sad. It, it all depends on how you nurture something and you give the love. I try to talk to my plants every single day because I want that energy to keep thriving through. So... You might be seeing cardinals. So if you do start seeing cardinals, it's a good thing. It's your loved ones. Rejoice and be glad. A cardinal is a message from the higher realms. It's, it's beautiful. They're just telling you that they love you. And I mean, mine goes all the way up to my balcony. And I never started having cardinals come up to my balcony until I put flowers out. And I put out hummingbird feeders. Now I get hummingbirds. I get cardinals. I mean, they come to you. When you're in divine feminine energy, you don't have to do anything. It comes to you. So the messages will come whether, I, whether I'm in Texas, whether I'm in another state, whether I'm in another country, they're still going to come to me. So this is how you have to look at life. And when we do look at life like that, you're never alone. 333. Okay. Now, the Gospel of John 12, 44, 50. Jesus cried out and said, whoever believes in me believes not only in me, but also in the one who sent me. Have you noticed that since we've had gone through Pentecost and so forth, this is important? It's not just believing in him as himself alone, but who the one who sent him? Because the one who sent him is the father and the one who sent him is the one that's attached to nature. And the one who sent him is also the one who is asking for the, for, you know, that's, that the sins may be forgiven so that we can move forward with new beginnings. Because he sent him so that sins may be forgiven, future and present and past. And that we are part of the covenant, the everlasting covenant of eternal life. And what I'm trying to say, eternal life is not you living one life all the rest of your life, you know, throughout. We are reborn. 
and then we die. We are reborn, and then we die. But you do have the choice whether you want to return after you've fulfilled the prophecy. That's one thing that is new, that I didn't understand, that I'm learning. But the main point of it is that reincarnation is eternal life. Rags to Rufus, rags to riches, rags to riches, rags to riches. Someone's going from rags to riches, Cinderella energy, which is interesting because I do have that tiny little slipper of uh, Snow White or Cinderella on my <laughs> lost her shoe on the countertop. Every time I read about that, you know, or when I hear that song, Cinderella, you're inviting you to know find me. Like it's a cute song, but I also um, has another meaning. Cinderella originally originated Rhodopis. She was a Greek slave, blonde hair, blue eyes, and the gods, the hawk, which is Zeus, picked up her sandal and plopped it right in the lap of a pharaoh, a king. And he searched all over for this shoe and its owner. Confirmation from the birds. And that's how true love starts. God brings people together. I used to say this a couple years back. I used to say that I'm not in charge of my love story. God is. He's, his finger is writing it in the clouds and the sky. And that has been true for the past three years. All the messages I'm receiving. I mean, I get, I've got in the clouds, I've got... <laughs> I'm making something really phenomenal and the divine has been assisting me with it for the past year which has been grateful I mean it's been amazing and new things are coming quick and easy you know or not easy but quick and fast for new new messages but God wants us to pay attention to the sky and the ground because he's dropping messages for people and we choose to ignore that. And it's in scripture. We're not supposed to. This is how God gives us messages every day. Through energy. It's going to be in the messages in the clouds. It's going to be in the messages on the ground. It's going to be in the messages with the birds. It's going to be in the messages in the energy of the mouths of people. But also in the one who sent me. And whoever sees me sees the one who sent me. So the point is, if you see a butterfly and it's staring at you, and you're like, why is this butterfly staring at me? How do you know it's not the Lord? The one who sent him. Who sends the butterfly to you? Who sends the cardinal to me? Who sends the dragonfly to me? Hmm? Who, sends the, who sends the gecko lizard to me? Who sends that beautiful little kiss that I get on my nose from an Aries every morning? The one who sent him. That's why you have to say the Father and the Son are one. Three persons, one God. I came into the world as light so that everyone who believes in me might not remain in darkness. And if anyone hears my words, and does not observe them, I do not condemn him.
For I did not con come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Whoever rejects me and does not accept my words has something to judge him. The word I spoke, it will condemn him on the last day, because I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. So what I say, I say as the Father told me. Yeah. Confirmation, the dogs are barking. When the dogs are barking, full moon coming, pay attention to the signs of the moon. Also, it means when a dog starts barking, it's your friend. They're loyal. They're telling you the truth here. I say as the Father told me. Everything that comes out of my mouth is not my opinion. It's just what I've been guided to say. Everything. When you're in the light, you're objective. And when you're in the light, you're doing God's bidding. And you're doing God's messaging. If you promote hate and anger and resentment and obnoxious energy towards somebody, you're not in your light, you're in your shadow. So you have to render and go back and forth and wonder which where you're going. So when we go in our shadow, we have to recognize it when we're in it and to pull ourselves out of it. And not allow other people to manipulate us to stay in it because they don't want to go into, you know, shadow work. It's really important to do that. You don't miss a good thing until it's gone. That's what someone's saying right now, straight from the soul. You don't want to miss a good thing until it's gone. In other words, when something's right in front of you, don't ever take it for granted. Be thankful for it. It's a blessing and it's a gift from the divine. And when we get those gifts, we love them just the same. They may not come in the package that we wanted them to come in, but it's still true. I used to remember when I was a kid, if I didn't get a certain bike that I wanted, I threw a fit. I threw a temper tantrum. I was 111. I was in such shadow energy. But as a child, I was so used to having to settle for things that I didn't want. I was hoping that birthdays, Christmases, and Easter's, I would finally get what I want. And when that didn't come, I felt like I was doing things for nothing. And it wasn't that. I was just taught the wrong energy. I was going through the same curses as my mother before that and the same curses as my father before that. So what was happening was they were transferring their curse energy over onto me, which it says it in Scripture. We do this. It says it in, in Genesis. We don't realize we're doing it. So when we finally take the stand and recognize it and we stop it, then we're stopping generational curses and we're realizing, okay, the reason why I didn't have what I wanted is because I didn't manifest it right. You can't manifest what you want from dark energy. If you're in your shadow side, you can't manifest your intentions. You have to go through and do the shadow work. Two, two, two. You gotta keep focusing on the positive, being at peace with yourself and who you are and then walking through nature without 
giving a care with how other people think about you. The first trick the devil plays on you is convincing him, convincing you that he didn't exist. He does, because he lives in you. He can't do any of his work unless you are acknowledging what it is. So in other words, if you're in your shadow and you see someone, let's say you're in the mall, you're 16 and you have had to sacrifice things and you want these beautiful pair of boots that your friend's family has money and they can afford to buy those boots, but you can't get those boots. If you become jealous at that point for wanting those boots, you're not going to get those boots in the way you think. You're in your shadow. You need to be happy for other people with the things they have, even if they're not kind to you. And the reason why is because God's teaching them a lesson, 3333. A person who's unkind that gets everything they want will be taught a lesson, and it's their lesson to learn. A person who is kind, who is the diamond in the rough, who is going to, like, like Rodopus, she's got great things coming to her and she doesn't realize it because she operates with a pure heart. That's what Cinderella's energy was. She was kind in spite of everything. You have to raise into that energy. I've had death spells put on me, death threats on me. I've been impersonated. I've been stalked, cyber bullied, cyber ganged up. I have had things about my life exposed. <laughs> in the most horrible ways that God does not approve of. And I can sit and I can dwell in that energy or I can rise above it and say the teaching lesson is this. I was put on this earth to teach 444 people on how to cope with when terrible things happen to them. And then I think about the Lord and I think about what Jesus went through. The lashings, the lies, the betrayal, the conspiracies. An Iago type, you know, where Shakespeare writes about Iago whispering in Othello's ear against his beloved Desdemona. It only takes that type of insecurity to plant the wrong poison seed. And what God's trying to teach us is to recognize dark energy for what it is when you're in front of it so that you can no longer be manipulated because there are crafty people out there that want to make you think that you're getting everything that you want when you're going in one direction and then they're going to yank the rug out you and say, surprise, when it's too good to be true, it is. Follow in God's footsteps. Believe in the things that you deserve and you want and you're working hard for it, and they'll come. God will bring it because your energy levels will change. You cannot manifest anything when you're in the same low vibration energy. Five, five, five. You can't it's expect the unexpected. It's just, it's just impossible because you're just going to keep drawing the same type of energy towards you. So when you learn about things being done to you and a person wants to stay in their shadow, even if they were guided on this journey to work through humanity with you on this, you got to let them go through their shadow work. You can't, you can't wait for somebody and put your life on hold for somebody else. It's just not done. It's just not done. And God will want us to not do that. So let's do the next reading. Someone's name is Rod.
Someone's name is Stuart. Someone wants to go a night on the town. Someone likes to party a lot. But some of you will be celebrating tonight too, like myself, because, you know, hey, you deserve to celebrate your achievements. Don't ever let anybody think that you can't be. You cannot sit there and just say, oh, I feel guilty if I celebrate this or this or that because, you know, I'm happy and the rest of the world is not. No. You celebrate your achievements. My daughter was born on the day when they were bombed, when they were um, doing the memorial service for the children that died in the Oklahoma bombing. And there were mothers that were just crying on the TVs while I'm giving birth to my daughter. And at first I was like, it was a melancholy day. So I looked at the fact that this tiny little person in my life was such a joy because she made my heart sing. And she, she's been such a light for everybody. I'm gonna have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. That's such a simple thing by Ray LaMontagne. I love his music. It's so soothing and pure and innocent, but raw truth, whether you like it or not, you know. And uh, like I said before, a lot of people are ending old cycles and paradigms that no longer serve them. And I know because I was one of them. I two two two. It's May twelfth. Two 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 two. So that's four twos in a row, 22-22. So this is a very significant day for many people because they're finally releasing the toxicity. In my case, um, as I've mentioned many times before, I had a false twin. And that's because my divine counterpart has more than one personality. And so you realize you can't build something off of something that's altered. You can't build something that's only going to go so far, two, two, two. You have to release those toxins. You have to release that energy because it's not going to serve you. It's not going to take you to a higher vibration than what you wanted. And for three years, you try, you know, in this journey, I have tried. But the divine said no more. Cut it down. Because... You can't force yourself to, you get bored and you get, it gets old. 
that's what happens with the heart. Let's you keep having one person in the same loop. It's like that movie, Fifty First Dates with Drew Barrymore and uh, Adam Sandler. Like she, they had the most beautiful day the first day, but then it gets all erased at night, and the next day she starts all over, like not knowing what's going on. It's kind of like that because a person with DID, they're not going to remember the moments they had after when they when they switch and you'll have one with one person talking to you and the next thing they switch and then you're talking to another person and then switch they talk to another person and then switch another person and then another person and this keeps repeating and those switches prevent the real person 333 from being able to communicate with you so some of them are actually still stuck in a loop it's almost like they're asleep they don't know what's happening and then there's others that are like knowing what's going on they can't get back because the altars have taken over because of based on the fears because the reason why altars are created is to block out trauma when you're too strong enough to create a safe place for yourself to face that trauma you can heal and that toxicity then goes you may always have altars but they may not be as many and they may not be as destructive and you can't build them. You can't build anything on an altar. You have to do it on the true personality. And I've never met the true personality, so I had to let it go. And that was painful through this whole ordeal because God, I'm like, you, you fall in love with somebody and you're like, well, I don't understand. I mean, I thought that was what the person I was supposed to be with and that felt real and it felt right and all this, you know, and you're getting these downloads, 444, divine protection from the universe. And then all of a sudden you're thinking, but this isn't how it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be cruel. It's not supposed to be mean. It's not supposed, that's not love. Obsession is not love. Cruelty, manipulation is not love. What I had learned through this whole ordeal is that when we are so weak at the heart and then someone decides they're gonna finally leave because they want better, and they're like, no, 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 don't leave me, don't leave me, please don't leave me, don't leave me, which many of his altars would tell me. And I'd be like, I can't stay anymore. Because you self-sabotage, I don't know the real you. And that's the truth. And if someone can't let you see the real them because they're hiding behind this altar and this disguise and this disguise and this disguise, it's not real. You can't build a false foundation on a false person and when it comes to people who have just one personality we have a duality we have the shadow we have the light five 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 expect the unexpected which i just did by the way because i welcome back to branches tarot shadow healing uh my dog got sick and i had to take care of her i had to take care of her she um got sick with the bile so if your pet gets a sick tummy rub their tummy love their tummy you know give them the loves and the kisses that they need so you might have sick children around you you know be patient with them be kind they don't mean to get the way they do and they don't mean to get sick on you so when God puts those little things in there I mean like I would get so many interferences yesterday it was like crazy I had to do a an exam 
and my dog got sick while I was doing the exam, then the doorbell was ringing, and I had to take care of that, and it's just like, you're not supposed to move, and you can't fight the interferences. You have to go with the flow with them and just hope for the best because those energetic levels, but when you handle it with grace and good temperament and you pull yourself back from the madness and realize you can't control it, you can't, you can't do it, you just have to go with it. It is what it is. You learn better to release those energies and then you can invite new ones to come in. So this energy wants to hold on and then we're in retrograde now. So it's like, it's, it's, you're going to get phone calls from past people. You're going to get letters from past people. You might run into past people, but these are the tests to show how strong you are into releasing what no longer serves you but not closing your heart off to someone new because that someone new might be the right one for you. And we have to pay attention to that. And the only way you can do that is through learning and paying attention to red flags, pay attention to the signs and the symbols that the universe gives us. If you believe in coincidences, this is not the channel for you. I can tell you that right now because I believe everything happens for a reason I believe in divine illumination, and I believe that all thoughts, all things, and things so so forth that come down from the universe. I've seen too much to prove it. So, everyone believes what they want to believe, and you're entitled to, and I respect that. But while reading scripture, I'm seeing it from the higher perspective. Last of the independents, someone's losing their independence. <laughs> so, <laughs> I see a guitar. Someone's a rock star. Someone likes to play music. But it's saying someone is like ending their independence. Someone's going into a high level a commit commitment. And someone wants to stand by you. That's the song I'm getting. Won't let anybody hurt you. I also consider that to be your archangels and your ancestors and the divine as well. They love you. They'll protect you. Because they don't want any harm to come to you. We all have lessons that we have to learn on earth. And they can be some very painful ones. Oh gosh, can they be painful. But once you've learned them, be thankful for the opportunity because now you can teach somebody else. And by teaching someone else, your testimony can save a life. It can save a soul. So don't let pride be your downfall. And a lot of people do. All right, this is fourth week of Easter Thursday, lectionary 282, reading one, Acts 13, 13, 25. From Pathos. Paul and his companions set sail and arrived at Perga in Pamphylia, but John left them and returned to Jerusalem. They continued from Perga and reached Antioch in Pisidia. On the Sabbath, they entered into the synagogue and took their seats. After the reading of the law and the prophets, the synagogue officials sent word to them, My brothers, if one of you has a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. So Paul got up, motioned with his hand, and said, Fellow children of Israel and you others who are God-fearing, listen. The God of this people, Israel, chose our ancestors and exalted the people during their sojourn in the land of Egypt. With uplifted arm, he led them out. And for about 40 years, he put up with them in the desert. When he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance and at the end of about 450 years after these things he provided judges up to Samuel the prophet then they asked for a king God gave them Saul 
son of Kish, a man from a tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. Then he removed him and raised up David as their king. Of him he testified, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will carry out my every wish. For this man's descendants, God, according to his promise, has brought to Israel a savior, Jesus. John heralded his coming by proclaiming a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was completing his course, he would say, what do you suppose what I, that I am? I am not he. Behold, one is coming after me. I am not worthy to unfasten the sandals of his feet. And the response will Psalm 89. 2, 3, 21, 22, 25, 27. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. Alleluia. The favors of the Lord I will sing forever. Through all generations my mouth shall proclaim your faithfulness. For you have said, my kindness is established forever. In heaven you have confirmed your faithfulness. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. Alleluia. I have found David, my servant, with my holy oil. I have anointed him, that my hand may be always with him, and that my arm may take him strong. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. Alleluia. My faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him, and through my name shall his horn be exalted. For he shall say of me, You are my Father, my God, the Rock, my Savior. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord, or Alleluia. Revelations 1, 5ab. Alleluia, Alleluia. Jesus Christ, you are the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead. You have loved us and freed us from our sins by your blood. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Gospel of John 13, 16, 20. When Jesus had washed the disciples' feet, he said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, no slave is greater than his master, nor any messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you understand this, blessed are you if you do it. I am not speaking of all of you. I know those whom I have chosen, but so that the scripture might be fulfilled, the one who ate my food has raised his heel against me. From now on, I am telling you before it happens, 1333, so that when it happens, you may believe that I am. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me the word of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So right here, let's talk about this. This is important about David. We've talked about David before. David was bisexual. David loved Jonathan. And it says it even here where Jesus says, or excuse me, where God says right here, God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man from the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. Then he removed him and raised up David as their king. Of him he testified. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will carry out my every wish. We have to believe that we're 
when God sent David, 444, I'm getting divine protection on this because I don't want to get this screwed up. When God sent David, he was to teach humanity about the one that was coming, right? The house of David. But what's most important was to show that love had no boundaries, meaning like no bounds of beyond the flesh. It was the soul you fell for. And no one has been a better teacher to me than my daughter on that. And the church has contradicted itself when we read scripture like this and not acknowledge the fact that David was in love with Jonathan and that even though he was with Bathsheba, confirmation because Skittles just rang the bell, um, when he was with Bathsheba, he admits that he loved Jonathan more than any other woman. That means something. That is not an arrogance. That is to tell you that every lesson, every life, every experience that we have is a reason for others. So for this to be acknowledged and this to be ignored in the church for what it is, because Jesus says, I am from the house of David. He is the one from Elijah. The soul of God believes and blesses the covenant of those of the LGBTQIA community. And like I've said before, he's made a point to take care of and to bless and to watch over these children with innocent, pure hearts and souls and prayers wanting just to be able to live in their truth. And there are so many people that are at a low vibration that are blocking that they're not allowing that to happen. Yet it's in plain sight, Christian-wise. David loved Jonathan. And God's saying, a man after my own heart. Also talked about Jesus being the one, the son of the dead. So who's the son of the dead? We'll get back to that in a minute. But... I wanted to bring that up because it's important because we tend to get with Christianity, they block blessings and that's not intentional. It's because they've been conditioned to believe certain things that are not true. And those that have gotten power out of using God's name for the wrong reasons are the ones that are going to have to face the karma because God is back. The Lord is here. We are in revelation time. We are in judgment times. And that's why the tarot is so powerful because I'm getting tarot messages from out in nature, photographs that people would be surprised to see. And the whole point of it is, is that we're supposed to, it's, it's the Lord communicating his points. It's the Lord communicating his thoughts. It's the Lord communicating what his wishes are. And what he wants is he wants branches to have every person under those branches, as it's mentioned in scripture, every bird of every color, every species, every feather, to be welcome. That means race, color, creed, sexual orientation, gender, all of it. You are beautiful and you deserve to be loved. Confirmation from the universe, because there's, we got our friend here flying around. Yeah. Oh, yes, he says, don't forget us others, galactic species, and don't forget us neighbors, you know, that are in the garden as well. That's right. That's the truth of the matter. 
when Jesus talks about my brothers, fathers, and sisters, you know, love your brother, love as you, do, you know, as I love you, love your sister as I love you, that's of the flesh. Your neighbors are the ones, confirmation from Skittles, your neighbors are like Skittles, your neighbors is like Eloise, your neighbor is like, you know, the butterfly, the, the beetle, you know. <laughs> the creature that looks like the Red Sea that's on my window right now that's um, posing the leaf-footed bug that has the Hebrew letters on its the flap on the sides of its uh, on the sides of its legs or you know the assassin bug who's got the ellipsis and Orion's belt on its chest I mean we don't pay attention that these insects are actually communicating with us when we raise our vibration and our frequency, and we need to do that because when I get these symbols, then the air is being read, the energies are being read by other prophets and other tarot readers. They're doing the same things. They're getting the same messages as I am. They're just getting it in a different way. I'm getting it through nature. I'm getting it through the birds. I'm getting it through the clouds. I'm getting the messages straight from the high. Who? Yeah, illumination. All thoughts come from him. And I've mentioned this before on the podcast. It, there's a reason why intuitively I'm being guided to do this because people have seen scripture from a low vibration. If you see it from the higher perspective, you're not going to be wanting to hate people. You're not going to be wanting to be against things. That's why branches had to come later. And it's, it's all about feeling that community and that sense of love and belonging and not having to fear to be who you are. And now the sun is really shining bright on top of the tree. Confirmation from the Lord. The sun is the most powerful energy possible. Hello, visitor. How are you? Good to see you. Thank you. He says, point to the door new doors like i said before many times too when he points to the door i always get, I get that um we're going to be talking about the maccabees and we're going to talk about the city of door and why that's so important to the phoenicians um and canaan religions because a lot of this is from that and a lot of this is what's been erased from history and dismissed as myth. And God does not want it dismissed as myth. He wants it known as that is who he is. I am. Aries symbol. That's why Aries and Capricorn are both goats. They're both rams. They're both sheep. If you've noticed. One's got the horns that go up. The other one's got the horns that go down. Because one is born in the... Is, is, one comes from the winter... And then sheds into the spring. It's the same thing. And East Aries begins the calendar year. I am. So it's like baby new year. You know, he's a little tiny baby in the beginning of the year. And then he grows up and he becomes this old man at the end. And then he passes on that baby new year hat to the next one. And then it starts all over again. The rebirth. Cycles. The four seasons. The 12 months of the year. You know. It's all, it's all connected. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Lucifer, light of the world. Right? People go, oh, 22, 22, Tracy, don't say that. Well, yeah, that's a contradiction, right? Because people think, oh, if you say that, then, you're, you're, then what you're really saying is you're, you're devil worshiping. No, I'm not. Because 
I am reading what it says in scripture. Who's the light of the world? Jesus says he's the light of the world. So when I got that figure, that, that, that one little creature that landed right between my electrical outlet and branches in the middle, or how I got it where that little creature was in between the lamp and the divine. Or how when I go to sleep at night when I was really, really, really sick. Because someone was doing black magic on me. I couldn't understand why I was getting up for respiratory infections while I was waking up in the middle of the night and I couldn't breathe and I was like suffocating and it, it didn't make any sense. And I was like, and I was talking to this person who happens to be an altar of my counter divine twin false you know it, 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 and I couldn't figure out why I was getting sick I was like why am I getting sick while I'm talking to you and all this stuff well it's because I wasn't supposed to be with that person and because that person's altars was doing dark magic on me so now because they did that to me they're gonna get sick because that's what happens when you wish harm on another human being you're gonna get it ten times harder that's in scripture that is karmic law so when the divine sends an angel to watch over me and they're in the middle of a light on a, on like a, even on a, like an LED candle and all of a sudden he falls into it, he's trying to intuitively tell me I am the light of the world. I'm the light in the dark. You have to come through Jesus for that. That's the whole point. So don't think things are done without purpose because they have it they have it we're going to take a break i want to thank anchor for hosting our podcast branches tarot and shadow healing if you'd like to donate to our channel we appreciate the generosity 10 percent of all donations will go to helping children with child trauma because that's what we're trying to do um you have cash app it's dollar sign branches tarot we thank you for your kindness and your support also, um, we're going to come back and I'm going to have my daughter here and we're going to talk about ch uh, breaking chains and child trauma and um, re releasing the cycles that no longer serve us. And it's going to be really in depth because I want her to be frank and telling me how she was feeling with the way I was raising her. And then I'm going to tell her what I've learned with what she taught me. And then I'm going to see what she wants to say that helps all of you. Because it's not easy coming out to the world about your sexuality, especially if you come from a Catholic family or you come from a Catholic Republican Democrat type family and you don't want to hurt anybody. And the whole point was is that when we become people pleasers, and I understand this about my daughter because she would do this, try to please me, trying to make me happy without making herself happy because I would do it with my mother. I tried to make my mother happy without making myself happy. You make yourself miserable. You can't be in relationships with people, five, 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 when all you're doing is draining your cup and draining your cup and draining your cup and draining your cup. And even when you don't even realize you're doing it, <coughs> you go through that shadow walk and you go, wow. It's not easy hearing those things about yourself. It wasn't for me, I know that. But that's how I healed. So I thank my daughter for that because she's, she's taught me a lot. And I mean a lot. So we'll take a break and then we will come back.
Archangel song. Watch the stuff in the window. I wish people could see your face, like this um, like unrestrained glee on your face as you play this song and you get to listen to your bird have a good time. Praise the Lord! <laughs> Who loves you, Lord? Who loves you? That's Who Loves You Pretty Baby, The Four Seasons again. <laughs> that's my Archangel. I said 111. That's my Archangel song. Uh, welcome back to Branches Tarot Shadow Healing. My name is Tracy Downey. I'm intuitive reader, spiritual healer, and guide. I'm also clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient. When you hear clicks and sounds that go on and run the background and so forth, when I say something, it's just confirmation from the universe. We don't use the tarot cards at this time because God's trying to teach me how to do tarot without cards and just read energy and messages as they come in as people did it in the older times but they're like flashcards we do like to use them to a little help to be get between but the messages are as they are they're going to come out whether with a tarot card or not it's just the way it is also, if you believe in coincidence, this is not the channel for you. We do believe in divine illumination. All thoughts and things come from the divine and from above, meaning from your higher self. So therefore, your higher self is connected to the divine and we receive those messages. So we do believe in St. Augustine's prophecy about that. We do believe it's true and we do believe St. Stephen also had the same one. So when we look at things like that, 222, you look at things more with those synchronicities going in line with the universe is trying to teach us to get our balance and our rhythm and so our energetic field in our bodies as well as with the universe we keep attracting that healthy energy back so during this break i got the 555 expect the unexpected and i did some of you remember it's retrograde so double check your bank accounts double check and make sure that your accounts have not been accidentally deactivated like Take extra care with your choices and your travels, you know, try to leave a little early for a little while. That's right. That's another thing. Try too. to leave a little early. Try to leave a little early in a while. This you know, really, uh, really, really prioritize care in your time because it's gonna, it's gonna slip out of your way. She's absolutely As right. As Mercury is indirect. You're absolutely right. This is my daughter, Contessa, and you, I've talked about her a lot on the podcast, um, but she's joining us, and we're gonna talk about um, breaking those old cycles and uh, generational curses and trying to bring ourselves into a healthier environment and my daughter and I have been working through this now for about would you say 10 years or longer you know I remember I remember trying to follow people to church since I was seven I've been doing this for a long time was it seven? Oh, I was so little you were little I was so little I was so going little. to church with everybody because I kept looking for community, remember? Right. So, uh, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my boy. He's just 
confirming. I hear him. He's just confirming. You got to remember when he does this, he's not in. He's not Skittles the bird anymore. He's he's speaking for the clicks and the sounds for the universe. And if he rings that bell, it's for the Lord. I found that out. So I don't argue with it. I just go with it. So anyway, I wanted to, what I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about the one thing you said to me because here in Texas, there are kids that are. Some are like nine, ten years old that actually went to the state capitol that are transgender kids that were trying to um, get them to pass the legislation so they were allowed to use the hormone you know, blockers so that they can go to medication. And they're getting the love and the care and the support from their parents while they're going through these changes. And God bless it because not every, not all of them get that. Exactly. I know. And what I wanted to talk to you about was because they're trying to make the argument many people on the opposite side that a person doesn't know sexually who they are at between the ages of three and five and you would tell me you knew that time you were five and six you know i think it's really interesting when people um no there's a more succinct way to say this You have to understand that I'm walking into this conversation firmly believing that gender is a social construct that is wholly separate from biological sex. Right. Which I think is a difficult part of the conversation for a lot of people to have, which is fine. But I'm not going to get into that because we don't really have the time. Right. We'll have to do it another time. Uh, So, you know... I don't think it's quite as simple as, you know, when a kid is five or six years old and they are looking at their body and they're looking for body parts that they don't have, that they didn't come with, and they feel wrong, I'm not sure that they're thinking of things in terms of sexuality and gender. I think they're just looking at themselves and seeing wrongness. And, you know, growing up with that feeling, that inherent feeling of, this is actually not my body. This is not correct. This is not what it's supposed to feel like. And I don't feel right. I, I'm glad that those kids grew up in homes that were safe enough that they could actually tell their parents that they didn't feel right and that they could pursue the life-saving care that would prevent their bodies from undergoing puberty changes so that they could figure it out a little bit longer. It's important. It really matters. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have to go through that because you you know your gender and all of that. I have always been a girl. Yeah, I know. and I really do associate with womanhood. It really is for me. Do you remember the flashbacks when I had the diamond earrings in you for your? You had those diamond earrings. Absolutely in? not. I was far too young to have those earrings, and that was definitely one of those mistakes. <laughs> but you didn't do it. They were a gift. You had the Burby feather boa around your neck. Oh, I do remember that. I remember the feather boa. I had that for a long time. When you wanted to be Cher for Halloween, I idolized her. <laughs> she is an icon. She is. She's a contralto icon. She is. And I, how could I want to be, how could I want to emulate anything else? How could you not? How could I want to emulate anything else except her fashion sense? And it really was the Believe era of Cher right. with the red pants and <laughs> the shoulder pauldrons and the beads in her hair. It was just. It was something different. But they all thought you were Cleopatra. Oh my gosh. I was. I was so angry. I really did storm away from people's homes about candy that Halloween. Because <laughs> people didn't get it. 
people didn't get me. They didn't get you. They didn't get me. It took a while. I, I still kind of don't get me. So that's okay, though. I have a lot of time to figure it out. I wanted to talk to you about this because I do a lot of reading on scripture here on the channel. Um, and I know it was hard for you when you were coming out to me at 13 and we were going through confirmation and we were going getting more and deeper and deeper into the church. A lot of the readings lately that I've been reading about, we just talked about David. So I know it's not a coincidence because God wants to talk about it. David was bisexual. Yeah. David loved Jonathan. So when you see that in the scripture and you know that this is to be true, that the Lord comes from the house of David or the house of David comes from God and was chosen by God, do you feel it's a slap in the face that even though the church at the time was teaching us that homosexuality wasn't the sin, but the act was, because obviously the act was being done with Jonathan and with David. I mean, there's no way to say it's not. The translation of the Bible that we have right now is this really, um, it's this really incredible story that you get to follow. And it's well, actually, I mean, it's a compendium of stories that mm -hmm. you get to follow. And like, that's, that's what it's for. And I... You know, I remember being 14 mm -hmm. and I remember going through the catechism and I remember like spending time with my Bible and reading passages from it and learning, learning that David did love a man, but he also loved his wife mm -hmm. and he did mm -hmm. knowing that David loved God. Mm -hmm. There's a bird that flew by when you said that, just when you said it. it so there you go. Uh, even in the Bible, love is really complicated, right? and it's really, really unfortunate that so many church structures, this is not just the Catholic Church, right? there are, man, there are many, right. there, are, there are many religious structures that exist that do not leave space for love to be complicated, right? and I think it's part of why I have drifted far from that structure, I've mm -hmm. lost a lot of interest in it as I've grown, and I don't know if I'll ever wander back to it. I might. I could. Well, but one of the, it doesn't feel. I do want to. I, I, I'm getting there. I swear. It doesn't feel like a slap in the face. It felt like I wasn't being heard. It felt like people like me didn't exist. So, but it didn't feel like a slap in the face. It just felt like I didn't matter. Do you remember that one incident where I wanted to take, you were so having the hyper-anxiety attacks when I was telling you that we were going to church and you didn't want to go that day and you were fighting me in the car and I wasn't getting it with what you were trying to convey? No, I don't remember it. Yeah, there was a time we were in a parking lot. We were getting ready to go to the church at 730 for, um, for RCIA mm. and you didn't want to go. You wanted to go home. And I said, why don't you want to ever go to church anymore? Why don't you want to go to church anymore? And he says, I just don't. 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 Well, you, you were getting really anxiety about it, too. Like, you were having a panic attack. And I, when you got like that, I knew I overstepped the boundary with it because I wasn't respecting your wishes at that point because I wasn't listening. I was only hearing the structure that I'm supposed to take you and that's what my mom, my mom's supposed to do. But I also didn't have the emotional vocabulary to vocalize what I was feeling. And right. you know, I know now, because that feeling, I remember that feeling, this conversation you're talking about, this moment in history, I don't remember. But I remember that feeling. It's because I knew that I, it wasn't for me. 
I kept wanting to go to church and wanting to find different religious structures. And I realize now that what I was looking for was a community. And I built that. I built that in my friendships and I built, rebuilt that with my family. Um, but I kept looking for it in church and then it never quite fit right. And it kept becoming more and more distressing. But I didn't know how to say that when I was a teenager. It was, when I, you know, when I was 14, 15 years old, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to verbalize it. I was just a stressed out kid who had a lot of anxiety and a lot of feelings and absolutely no concept of them. So, so how would you feel to knowing that a lot of the higher <clears throat> intuitive messages you were getting up here and right here were actually correct? For the people that are listening at home, she means in the mind and the heart. And the soul. Hmm. Yeah. Because um, if we were to read scripture from a higher perspective, you can see, like I've read tower moments, the word tower, which we get like a card tower, you know, like in the tarot, you see the word tower being mentioned by Christ. When he's talking about the Tower of Siloam and how it crushed all those people. Okay? Yeah. So, in other words, you also talk about hangman, which is the illumination and the light of energy. You know, either being stuck on a tree branch, you know, suspended and not wanting to move and everything and thinking that everything's going to just stay the same and you're trapped. Yeah. When you're really not trapped, when you flip it over, you're okay. I've seen that also featured in scripture. So, when I'm reading this and then when I get the, I get the synchronicities while I'm reading it, I look at it as that. God wanted me to create branches. I take that back. I didn't create it. Wanted me to build it for him. because Cultivate. They cultivate. That's a good word. Thank you. Because I'm not doing anything without partnership with the divine. I mean, the pictures, the photographs, the messages teaching me how to speak, to, to read Hebrew, to teach, read out Egyptian. I didn't know any of this. I mean, what would possibly possess me to go ahead and do this? Idle curiosity? No, because of all the thought comes from the top and above you were an old soul you were seeing things that you were feeling confined and trapped because it wasn't being told completely true you know i was feeling a lot of things because i was you're bisexual well not even that but also i was a very empathetic and hyper vigilant child yeah i know so i was not just aware of the things that I was feeling. I was aware of the things that everybody around me was feeling for mm-hmm. many different reasons. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's a whole layer to it right. that really adds to it. It's not, um, it doesn't surprise me now, understanding now as an adult who's gone through therapy and is probably going to wander back into therapy again in the next few years. Cause I don't think I'll, you'll, I don't think you're ever done growing. Um, it's not really surprising to me now that that's what was going on. What if the transfer from therapy being more intuitively energy reading, if you were to able to get your therapy from outside nature and learning to communicate with the messages that the divine brings us, would that help you heal knowing that you're accepted <clears throat> and you're loved for who you are and not because society dictates it, not because scripture tells you how you're supposed to be, what is it your generation cuz it's not just you it's your generation cuz i've i've i have a friend and um a, a neighbor her name's Jess and she was married for 10 years to a guy and she came out to him that she's lesbian well non-binary actually hmm. and she's now in a relationship with a woman she's a photographer and she's doing really well for herself but it was really hard being in a 
very Christian struct structure here in Texas mm -hmm. to break those boundaries. And then seeing the transgender children being put through the ringer that it's child abuse with what their parents are doing to them. It's just, it's a lie because these are innocent prayers that are being blocked by man and God's not going to let that happen. Eventually, whether it takes 60 years or 100 years, the truth comes out eventually because it's being shown. When you were coming out to me, did you feel confident enough that you knew you were going to be accepted? Or did you feel that terrifying thing that you, that you were going to disappoint me? You know, actually, uh, I feel like I had a very unique experience because I knew, like, I was, I, if you'll recall, and I do remember this, uh, I didn't really come out to you. It wasn't quite like that. It wasn't, um, Mom, I think I'm interested in girls. It was, yeah, I want to go on a date with this specific girl. Yeah. I didn't come out to you. I told you about a girl that I liked. Yeah. Um, it was different. It was different. And, you know, in that conversation that we had, I don't know if you remember it, but I remember it very clearly, and it has stuck with me. Like, I've spent many years unraveling that conversation and what it means and how it still impacts me today. Because you weren't, it wasn't that I was different that made you concerned. What made you concerned is you understood what gay culture looked like. You worked in a salon, you worked in the beauty industry, and you were surrounded by queer people. Right. And you were, some of your best friends are queer people. Right. This was not difficult for you to accept. What was difficult for you to accept was the possibility that I was going to want to date everybody and the people that I dated were going to disrespect me for it. And it's true. Yeah, that's true. You were not, you were not unaccepting of my sexuality as I figured it out. He's confirming. I understand. I'm trying to let him finish. He really does like to interrupt. Well, while he does that, birds were flying by while you were saying everything. So he's just confirming it. And, you know, when I told the same thing to my dad, even he wasn't really. He was not fluffed by it even a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, it wasn't difficult being accepted, but it was difficult telling you guys that I was excited about doing something and then having you tell me, like, tell me that essentially I was going to hurt a lot of people by being specifically divergent in this way. And I didn't have a choice in the matter. It's dumb. It was, and I'm, it still stings because it's true. It's very true. There are a lot, like, because I'm, I am not bisexual. I am pansexual. There you go. So, um, your. <laughs> That's different. Your, Why don't you your gender, your sexual identity, your physical presentation, how you dress, it has no impact or bearing on whether or not I will experience attraction to you. And it never has. Do you feel that majority of people, when they raise their vibration, are pansexual because no. you're loving the soul? No. I feel like people who raise their vibrations just become more themselves. And there is a wide diversity of people. Not everyone is queer. Right. That's true. Not everybody is, which is fine. I don't actually have an issue with that. I don't, I mean, I wish, I know well, that some people like to imagine that in a world where gender identity is not a social construct that allows you to give little girls dolls to teach them how to be, you know, caregivers and nurturers and little boys army figures to teach them to enlist. I think, um, 
I think in a world where we didn't have things like that, a lot of queer people like to fantasize that maybe everybody would be a little bit queer. And I don't know if that's true. Well, you got to remember, when I went to that one Midsummer Night's Dream sex party. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Mercy. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I've been honest throughout my whole podcast about everything because I don't want to be seen as a hypocrite. Of course, naturally, I was dating somebody who had narcissistic qualities and wanted me to do certain things to keep pleasing him and threesome was one of the things that came on that list and it took a lot of peyote and so forth or (laughs) mushrooms whatever you want to call it to get me to that level but I did I was vicarious and I did kiss a girl and I did enjoy it and the whole point was is that when you feel like you're at that high welcome to the club no that's what you said to me when I told you about it I love the crack jokes I know but it confirmed to tell me though I had to be high to do it yeah and that's a problem and that's not if you cannot en- if you cannot engage in attraction or romance with someone while you are sober then there is something wrong and that doesn't necessarily mean that there is something wrong with you or with the other person it could be the situation it could be the time and place it could be the weather that day mm-hmm. but like if you need to be like, if you need to be on a substance to engage with someone that way, you shouldn't be doing it. I agree. I I totally agree. And I think that it's was not the, fulfilling. No, it, it wasn't because once she started kissing him, I I flipped my lid. Ah, mm, that free love thing between three is not. If the, if it's the if it's God is the polyamory with me with a relationship with somebody, I'm good with it. <laughs> if it's but if it's if it's you know and it don't matter it, it doesn't matter what orientation on you know because like I want you to be happy so for me this was a journey for me for the past several like what was five seven years now I think so learning to accept I mean you left some pretty big bomb shockers for me yes I am difficult <laughs> I wouldn't say difficult you everyone that I've ever dated would say difficult. <laughs> Unfortunately, I am a what did you say? You called me a deep thinker. You are a deep thinker. And I uh, I have very exacting standards and I am discerning and I know exactly what I want as soon as I want it. Discerning is a good thing to have though. Yeah. And there's a lot of people your age that don't have it because they were taught it. It is a skill. It's a skill. It is a skill just as much as socializing is, just as much as self-care. You have to learn how to do it. And um, it is not a skill that I developed in the family house. <laughs> I apologize. I wish I had, but it okay. truly, it's truly something that I really didn't get a lid on until I was an adult and I had moved out and I was living in a different city and learning how to be myself without being supervised that I figured that one out. So it's nice though. It's nice. I really like knowing what I want. I like being decisive and I like understanding that about myself. Do you feel that for parents to, I mean, more parents are more tolerant now compared to, like, when your grandpa found out about your sexuality. Did he? Did he ever? Yes. You told him? I, now, my grandfather did find out that I was a little bit of a slut. 
I don't know about that. And he ex- oh, I knew about that. Okay, so you go first, and then I'll tell you my story about Grandpa. You're not a slut. Don't say that word. Oh, mercy. Oh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about my adolescence. It's fine. Your grandfather, my dad, at the time when he was alive, he was so excited about you and Max. He uh, couldn't wait to see Max again. And he was like, when is she going to get... When, when, that boy is so nice. I really enjoyed him. I mean, I know he's Jewish, and that's okay because we're Catholic, but it's like... Because normally that wouldn't even have been okay because it would have been changing of two religions and interfaith was even an issue for my my father at the time. It was. And he was all excited because he loved Max. He thought it was great. And I said, Max and Contessa aren't dating anymore. And he goes, what do you mean they're not dating anymore? I says, they're not dating anymore because Max is going to become a woman. And my father... That is not why we weren't dating. Well... That's not why we broke up. Okay, well, to an adult, to my point of view, at that point... Because you were telling me he wanted different things or she wanted different things. So for context, I actually think that now that we've established this background, I would like to specify that her name is Leah. Leah, I'm sorry. Her name is Leah. Yes. And those are her pronouns, and I won't refer to her uh, by another name. That's no, I understand that. But that's how your grandfather met her. Yes. No, yes, I understand. And now that's that, that we've now that we have established this. Yes. So yeah, and, and Leah has been transitioning since since before we broke up. Right. And she's going to become a rabbi. I think that's exciting. She's think you know, she's she's growing and she's changing. That's what she's wanted to do for a long time and I think she's almost done with her education and um, she's just and now she's reached a stage of her life where she's wondering how she can be of service. And so maybe she won't be a rabbi, maybe she'll go into medicine. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe she will help the LGBTQ community transition properly. I think she would like to. I think it's important. Yeah. Now, when you were talking to me about adopting, you know, foster kids and so forth, uh-huh. would you be wanting to help kids that are not, that are ones that are being thrown away? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, so, you actually don't get a choice in who you help in the foster care system. Okay. They, you don't, you don't get to pick kids. They... Okay. It is just a matter of availability. I kind of like that, though. Yeah. And the reason why I do... You should is, not pick children out of a catalog. Exactly. No, that's the horrible thing. You should be pick, You should not be picking anybody. You should be gracious, gracious about the blessing that you're about to receive. And that is what it's like in real life, too. In, mm-hmm. like, I mean, sorry, let me try that again. Because it is real life to foster children. But that is what it's like when you have children naturally and you get pregnant and carry them. You don't get to choose what they're like. They are who they are going to be. And you just get to sit on that and you get to be surprised by it every single day for the rest of their lives and yours. Um, so I, I, I think that it is actually quite appropriate that you can't pick who you foster. Right. Um, but I would not get to choose. Um, the thing that appeals to me for fostering kids is I remember being a teenager who felt unsafe. And I wasn't in the foster care system. I lived at home. Right. There are a lot of kids who felt unsafe, and I would like to help them feel safe. The child trauma that you endured coming from a household that was full of a lot of violence, which we talked about on both ends, what steps did it take therapy-wise for you for your healing? I spent a long time not existing in my body. I had no ownership of it. It didn't feel like it belonged to me and never felt like mine. It took a long time. But because of it, I had to run away. I had to run away from all of the places that were difficult for me to look at and 
painful to exist in because I was existing in a space of constant fight or flight or freeze where my body was, I was always on edge and I never could be physically comfortable. Uh, and because of that, I had to leave. I moved to a completely different state. Right. <laughs> yeah. I went to a whole new city and I started my life all over again so that I could learn how to exist. And I had to... I left a lot of stuff behind, you know? I don't go to church anymore. I don't, read, I don't find the divine in scripture. I can, you know, I can read anything from a higher perspective. I don't just have to read scripture that way. Um, I'm learning how it's everywhere. How, how, you know, the divine, how the spirit is everywhere. And how yeah. everything has a spirit. And like, learning to understand the... It was interesting being a kid who kept looking for community in God, and then I became an adult, and then I found my higher power in community. But it, through friends, it just wasn't, it wasn't the structure of church, and I thought it would be because I was young, and that's what people said it would be. But I, you know, I had to build one. This is what you and your, myself and your uncle have talked about, your god, your godfather. Um, community is people. Yeah. Church is people. And I love people. <laughs> and what I've learned on this journey, in the spiritual journey, is that church is out here. Mm -hmm. You see that tree right in front of you? Okay? And if you look... Hey, listener, there's many trees. <laughs> I, would just like to, I would just like to say, there are many goddamn trees. Look at the tall tree on the right. Yes. Okay, in front of you. That's a, right above the blue hydrangea yes yes okay in the center you see that big huge box that's half open i do that means bet in hebrew does it that means the house of the lord <clears throat> above it you see the two branches that are going straight ahead on to the right they're pointing out to the right that's two lines they're going you know horizontal like that you see the two branch lines going out like above it that's actually the letter i in hieroglyphic now look down below the the bet. Do you see the two lines of the tree of the tree branches connecting? Where it looks like there's like a little triangle in the center, like the eye I of raw. I do. That's the eye of raw. Yeah. So, I, 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 I. Yes. You. You, bear, you definitely. Uh, you didn't bury that lead. <laughs> I can't because it's right there. And if you look over to the side here, between that tree branch right there, ma'am, do you see it? Though? Your hand is in my face. Inches from my eyeball. I'm sorry. For my non-functional eyeball. My daughter only has one seeing eye, so I have to keep be mindful about that. You see the tree branch that has a little curvature with it that looks like it's got tree branch in yes. the center that looks like an eyeball? Yes, I see all of the trees, and I see all of the branches. And they're all seeing eye. So it's not me. I didn't choose the name. The name is coming from above, and it means house of the Lord. So what God's trying to say is that he wants everyone to be part of the tree of life and he wants everyone to be sheltered by the tree of life but that's not just including us humans he wants everyone connected under it so that we connect with nature spiritually as much as possible part of my healing process and i'm not done i know i'm glad i'm Keep not going. done we're going to take a quick break though and oh. then we're going to come back and we're going to listen to the rest of what tess has to say because we're at 31 minutes into the half hour but this has been good I'm liking this. This feels great. I love being able to talk freely with you about this stuff. You have a knack for asking me questions and then telling me actually not to answer them and wait. I'm a mass communications... 
with nature. So that might have something to You're do with it. You're an adult woman with ADHD who likes to socialize. The ADHD, I have been- <laughs> the ADHD is only because of MS. Let's get that straight. Um, it's highly heritable, and my father doesn't have it. And I have it. <laughs> we'll be right back. by Detroit Emeralds, I Think of You, the color green chakra, which is the heart chakra we're healing, and it is the divine's favorite You really color. have always wanted your own radio station. That's true. I always did. That's confirmation. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I can really, I can yeah. really hear it in your voice. 111 new beginnings and, your, and so forth. In your presentation, <laughs> I can really hear it. Yeah. Welcome back to Branches Tarot and Shadow Easy Healing. listening by Tracy. <laughs> I don't pick the songs. The divine picks them. I just play them when they come up in random so that I know what he's saying or she's saying or mm. whoever's saying. Someone's thinking of you. Someone's thinking of somebody. I'm thinking of basically of you. Um, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing when someone thinks of, and then you get positive thoughts. You want to put that energy out there. But I do. I believe for me, and this works for me, is that every time I get a song that's playing intuitively downloads... You get them also from your divine counterpart, one. But two, you get them from the divine. It is his way of thinking. I cannot tell you how many times I've been in my car. And I've been driving. And then all of a sudden these songs come on. And then I'll get the confirmation with the universe when a bird flies by. Or a, a, the 333 or 666 or 222 or 444 just out of nowhere shows up, right? And I'm like, I'm like you're with me right now, aren't you? And then I'll say, amen, amen. The song amen will start playing. I'm like, oh my goodness. And goddess like, is always with you. God is always with you. That's right. But it's like Bumblebee, man. It's like Transformers. It's like, yeah, confirmation from Skittles. He communicates through the algorithms and the radio. It's really cool. I really like it. So welcome back to Branches and Tarot and Shadow Healing. My name is Tracy Downey. I'm intuitive reader, spiritual healer. And guide. I'm also clairvoyant, clairaudient, and clairsentient. I'm here with my daughter, Contessa. I'm still growing. Hi. She's still growing, but she also is an intuitive reader and does is able to read and does get downloads. And I was told that by the divine. So um, we were talking about Contessa and what she's feeling and the, on the growths and dealing with children her age. I should take that back. My daughter's a young woman. She's 27 years old, and she deserves the respect that I should be saying. You are a young woman. I'm talking about your generation and how things... Forgive me at 51, mm. almost 52, of saying what I said. Because mm. <laughs> I'm really proud of you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So I'm going to let you have the floor. Go ahead back to what we were talking about. Oh, God. So what were we talking about? We were talking about what the healing process looked like, right? Yes. Recovering from trauma and how I had to change. Three, three, three. Go for it. 
boy, it was tricky. It was really tricky because I, um, I think at my most unwell, I didn't really feel anything at all. Mm -hmm. I had completely shut myself off from the world around me and my emotions and I just, I couldn't feel things. So I left and I moved to a new state so that I wasn't in a place where I was constantly in a state of fight or flight. Right. And, um, the healing process, mine became very academic. It became less spiritual because I had become, I had become wary of spirituality when structured by a church. And so it became, um, learning how to heal became a very academic process where I, you know, started learning about how the brain works. I went to therapy. I learned psychology. I started studying and I had to, you know, I, I went into therapy <laughs> and it took me a couple tries. It took me a couple therapists until I found the right one, but I kept going into therapy offices and I said, hi, I need a toolbox so that I can understand why I'm so angry all the time because mm-hmm. I'm so tired of being angry. Mm-hmm. And that's where it started. And over the years, I learned a lot of things. And the thing that I kept learning over and over and over again was that I became angry as a method to hide my own sadness. And this is a byproduct of growing up in an unstable household that is angry. Right. Because we were all angry. Right. And it, um... But that's, that's what I would do. I, I was not comfortable experiencing sadness. And so I would become angry to deflect from that and to protect myself. Thank you, Skittles. Thank you very much. And anger is a very effective defensive emotion. That's what it's for. Underneath your anger is your self-respect. Right. I agree. Um, but I didn't have a healthy relationship with it. And so I kept going to therapists begging to teach me how to have a healthy relationship with my anger, but also with all of my other feelings. And it became a very academic approach. I was, you know, I had journals. I took notes. I did homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was work it was really hard work and um, after several years where I got to a place where I could feel all of my emotions even happiness which is a delight though I was very upset to find out that you're not supposed to be blissfully happy all of the time that you are in fact, in fact supposed to feel all five of your feelings you right. know like mm-hmm. happy sad bad mad mm-hmm. and afraid all five of them right you're supposed to feel them Right. All of the time. Not necessarily in equal measures, but you're supposed to be there. Right. As I became a more comfortable person and I started learning about myself, that is when I was able to start finding my spirituality again mm-hmm. and understanding what it meant. And it started with math. Mm-hmm. Started with math. I really had a wonderful time. I had a really wonderful time taking math classes, learning like learning algebra, statistics, geometry, and studying those math and physics in relation to the universe and how I lived my life. Learning the chemistry of botany and how things grow, and learning that mathematics is a cornerstone of life and our motion in this in this world in our universe. That was the first time that I, in a long time, I think I was 23, I was like 23, 24, and I remember, I remember, <laughs> I remember being 24 years old, and I was taking a botany class, 
and I was learning about the chemical reactions that happen and I was learning how to balance those chemical equations on the table for a lab assignment basically mm -hmm. and I was learning how those chemical reactions happened to make plants grow and that felt really divine and beautiful to me and now I can't stop thinking of math in this way but it is given it is allowed me look at nature and look at humans and like, understand that like we we all have an underlying spark inside of us right. and it is life right life is I, I truly do believe that life is divine and it is everywhere it's not just in people it's not just in the conscious mind you know the person that wakes up in the morning goes oh i'm tess Right. I'm Tracy. Ah, oh, it's me. Yes, I'm a, I'm a me. Hi, I wake up. That consciousness that is so unique to humans, that's not where life is. Right. That's not where the spirit is. It's everywhere. Right. It is, it is everywhere because everything grows. It is in the planet. It is in the space in between planets as we swing through the great expanse of the universe. It's everywhere. And that stage of the healing process the one that allows me to connect to my spirit I had to do it in a very academic way but now that I've come back around to this place and I can find the divine in pretty much everywhere if I look hard enough it's a whole new uh, layer of healing that I didn't know that I had to go through so it feels pretty new and I'm, you know I'm not done and I will probably not be done for a long time but it is nice to be able to take care of my spirit. It is nice. I think it's beautiful. Thank you. I, what I've learned in my part of this journey is that, agree with you, everything is connected to the spirit. Um, when I went to New Orleans with your Aunt Karen, um, your great Aunt Karen, tickle, tickle. <laughs> you have to kiss the birdie. Well, he, like I said, he confirms things that show that, that, are, that are true. Um, but when I went there, I saw messages in the clouds. I saw the Alpha Omega at the, uh, in the clouds. And the symbol for Asherah, Goddess Tanit, they're all connected as his wife next to him under, like, divine judgment. You know how the cemeteries are, you know, like in the tarot? Mm -hmm. Where Gabriel blows the trumpet? Mm -hmm. So then I'm seeing this, this angel statue, mm -hmm. Right? next to the, to the cemeteries while I'm walking through it. It's like I was living through the tarot. And then I see the clouds above, and it shows the Alpha Omega next to Asherah, divine judgment. And I realize when I look down and I'm seeing these cracks in the marble and these cracks in the concrete, they're actually letters that were not just Hebrew or hieroglyphic, but Greek. I actually have the symbol Archimedes from the ground outside in the garage. That was confirmation from Skittles. That was splattered in oil, and I can show it to you. I had to look it up because I didn't know what it was and what it was saying. I had to look up to be, to be taught what they were trying to tell me. And then you, you talk about math. In the in the elevator, a hummingbird designed <coughs> by an orange peel. That none of that sentence makes sense. I know it does. <laughs> I shook out my white 
yeah. like you you said words that I understand individually, but when they are combined into a part of the whole, I I'm very confused. <laughs> Look at this. I'm gonna show you this picture real quick. We're going up to a higher level here of consciousness. But trust me on this. This is gonna blow your mind. So this, because you're a mathematic whiz, I'm gonna show you. I'm not a math whiz. I, like I can't do calculus. Oh no, I can't do that stuff. I don't know how. I've never learned. My math understanding peaked at statistics. Well, physics. what I noticed is when I was going through this journey and also I started seeing these things, I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Why am I seeing this? And why am I seeing that? And then all of a sudden it started to make sense. And I was learning letters and communications and things that I didn't know existed. And part of it was geometry. So when I even, when I went to New Orleans, I was seeing these things, and I was like... No, 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 hold on. I want to wander back to the thing at hand, which is you were talking about a hummingbird made by an orange peel. Yeah, I'm going to show it to you. It's in the elevator. So are you telling me that it is an orange peel that looked like it was a hummingbird? No, it was a piece of an orange peel that was on the ground. Someone stepped on it, molded it, and it became a hummingbird. Okay, so you just said the thing that I said. Well, what I'm trying to say is like that... Like, what I, what, I, what I summarized is definitely... So, like... Okay. All right. I, all right. I'm following you. I'm like, there now. Like, here we go. Like, see this? Like, these little symbols? There's the Asherah symbol in the sky. See that? See the little thing right there going down? Do you see it? Yes. Okay. So, what I'm trying to say is... Um, and, yes, true. Thoughts become things, and we do pay attention to those things when they happen. You know, the, the, like, this is a, this is a symbol. This is a symbol. I didn't know that, but this is an actual symbol. It's um, Ugaret. It's kind of like a glaive. It, whatever it is, I don't know. I'm learning, but I can tell you it is, it is unique in itself because I'm learning to read energies that, that are on the ground as well as above. But getting back to this, I'm going to show you the orange peel because it's pretty cool. Um, but if you ever find it. If I ever find, right? if you ever find it in this ocean of photographs, I know, <laughs> I know, that's it, crazy, right? It's you're so. It's, I truly do not take this many photos. Look at this. I do not. I. This is a tiger beetle, but you have lost focus. Hang on, you have lost focus completely. Well, let me get back to it because you better. This is important. <laughs> you are on air. I'm on the air. You are on the air. We it's are been on two the minutes. air. It's been two minutes. Oh, we don't air. want dead air. We don't want dead air. We're not, we do not want dead air. We want to make sure that we stay in our in our realms. It, it, it's just difficult to hold on. I think, I don't actually think that you need to show it to me. I think that we just need to continue what we were talking about. Okay, it's well, the point is, here's a good example. I was shaking out the white rug in the bathroom. Yes. And then all of a sudden, these little limp pieces, like there's one limp piece on the ground right there that's an actual symbol. They were the room symbols. I didn't know what the heck what the room symbols looked like. No, someone had to introduce me. Not, it's not like, like, hey, Tracy, guess what? This is this. And all of a sudden, next day I wake up and now my thoughts have become this. Divine illumination proof comes from above so that I was seeing the room symbols first because this is what God wanted me to see. And then the next thing I'm seeing, I'm in the clouds. And then I'm seeing them on the ground. And I'm seeing them everywhere. But I had to shake out my rug to see them. In other words... If you splatter water or you splatter milk or anything like that, the gravity and the energy fields, if the Lord wants to manipulate that, the divine is going to put the message out any way you see it. So even if the car splatters oil, we got the letter pi. We got the letter pi. And I thought that was really bizarre. And then I was getting all these little dots and so forth next to it and then these other Greek symbols. And I'm like, what the heck is that? And it spilled out Archimedes. So I was like, oh, okay, okay, that's pretty cool. 
So for me, I get what you're saying because it, it, it makes mathematics means like we don't have that control because the mathematics from the universe is what we attract. The, the math fucking works, man. I'm sorry, my friend. The math works, okay? Like we, <laughs> I, I cannot, I can't do this without visual aid and I wish that I could provide visual aid to anybody listening to this. But like once, once you... Yeah, I'm not gonna get too into it. Well, math the, is great. Math the, is great, everybody. I'm I'm I have math blocks, but my daughter doesn't. But the cool thing is, is that um, I share your joy on that because I've seen it, and it's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. On like how mm-hmm. you can, and it and it's and it's not. It's like when you get in the Empress energy, I'm able to manifest certain things, and then they come to fruition, and then I brought they attract to me, and I'm I'm and I'm like, wow, how did I do that? And I don't know how I did it. But it was because I raised my vibration to pull myself out of those things and to show my own self-worth. Self-worth is tied to the Empress energy, 100%. So every time we go through a tragedy, when we go through pain and so forth, to get to that level of um, manifestation, you have to go through the trials. And you and I have gone through a lot, a lot, a lot of trials. Yeah. I mean... I know that when I was sexually assaulted in New York, that devastated you because you had to see me at a young age hiding underneath the bed and crawling yeah, in the closet. You, you slept under the bed for about, uh, for about a month. I was terrified. Yeah. I did not... I, I couldn't lay with your father and I couldn't, I couldn't go out in public. I couldn't go in the car. When I was sexually abused when I was 13, I didn't want anyone to touch me ever again. Right. And what happened again when I was 15... I didn't, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to be seen. That was the hard part for me as a parent, not knowing what happened to I you. hit a lot. I hit a lot of things, and I was very good at it. And if you're at a low vibration, you're not going to be able to have that discernment or see those nope. signs when they're coming. So when you become intuitive... We were a lot of traumatized people right. in, an, in a household that was very dysfunctional. Right. So none of us saw a lot of the worst things that were happening to each other. Skittles is confirming all of that. Which is probably, you know, by the way, that's one of, that was one of the hardest things about growing up is remembering, like, growing up, having all of my brain develop and having my frontal lobe finish up and become aware of people mm-hmm. <laughs> and learn <laughs> and, and remember and realize quite suddenly that you were 26 years old when you gave birth to me. 24. 24. No. No. 24. Are you sure? Positive. 1995? 1995. I've been 25 in 1995. You're right. You're right. Four. 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 Which is what everybody falls into that trap feeling because you don't even realize half the time you are down. And you know, when you're a kid, when I was a kid and I was experiencing these things, I thought you were doing it on purpose because you and dad were my whole world. You guys were my parents. You were everything to me because that's how it works when you're a little kid. You don't go places without your parents. They understand you. They're there for you. Right. 
So it was really difficult becoming an adult and realizing, oh, that's right, my parents were just people and they were just trying to figure things out and they could not, in fact, read minds. And sometimes things just actually weren't on purpose, even if they hurt. Mm-hmm. And I had to go through that same te- to, um, teaching moment with my father. Because my father was never around for me when I was a child. My father did things that narcissistic per- person would do for attention mm-hmm. let alone for things because I had to remember and, and this helped me a lot after um, when he was going through you know when we found out he was dying because that was a big shock and that, that did hurt because it was right after Gigi passed away yeah we got that double whammy I told you what happened to me in March um, I think it was May 4th when we was in the church with, with grandma right when I told you I heard the voice, whether it was Archangel Michael or somebody. Yeah, yeah, you did. I remember that. Right, yeah. So I was like at that lost point where I didn't know what was going on or happening. One of the things that was really cathartic and helped me was reading my father's letters as a child to his father who was sick with, with cancer in the hospital. Then hearing a nine-year-old boy's voice in my head reading his words when he was getting out of, you know, Catholic school and saying, Daddy, I wish you could come home for my birthday or Daddy, I wish, you know, you could come see my baseball and play a game. I'm really doing good. Or Daddy, I love you and I miss you and I hope you get better and you come home soon. My my father loved his father so much. It was like... How could he not? He was a little boy. And my grandfather was a good, good man. I never heard a bad thing about William J. Downey. I will say, though... Your parents don't have to be good people for you to love them wholly. No, they don't. But the thing was, is that loss that my father endured at such a young age, and my my grandmother, who was not able to recover from it, because my father told me she was in an institution for a whole year after his father passed away. So he lost both parents at the same time. That helps cushion the blow of my father's mistakes through my childhood of not being able to be there because he was so avoidant mm-hmm. he couldn't handle it's like when I remember every MS um, exacerbation when I was in the hospital he could only stay 15 minutes he's always been that way I gotta go yeah well that was because it would brought back the trauma of his dad being in the hospital yes and you know he yes very much so grandpa was definitely very avoidant in that way so it helped me and even with my mother with what she went through because, you know, she was abused physically by her dad, my grandpa. Mm-hmm. Because he was a cop. He didn't know how to process his anger and his child traumas and his wounds. And also, I mean, frankly, that's what you did. That's that's what you did in the 40s. You, right. When your kids talked back, you beat them. And you... I, I mean... And that was, that was it. And then we keep thinking... We, and then people talk about the good old days and going back to these things. But they leave out... The structure parts that they used that were dysfunctional, mm-hmm. that weren't good, that molded a lot of the trauma that we have today. And my mistake with you was I wanted to give you and your brother everything that I didn't have. And when I did that, though, I was doing it as filling a void for myself or my own childhood because I wanted to replace the things that I didn't get to give yeah. them to you to show that I'm healed. And that's not how you do it. Yes, you're not... Unfortunately, you're not supposed to have children and then parent your inner child. Correct. You have to parent 
your kid. Which right. Is why this is and this is part of why I haven't had kids yet. Because I, you know, I want to. I, I do want to be a mother very much so, but I'm not. I'm not done. I'm no. not ready. I'm not. I'm not finished. I think it's really adult and really commendable that you can recognize that about yourself. I want to have the luxury of being able to teach a tiny little person how to be a big person. I think you'll have to be great at it. And it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. It's going to be exhausting. I can't I, wait. I will be so humiliated on the regular and I will just have to accept it. I will be excited <laughs> about it. Listen, because I'll be excited about it because I get to love and cherish that little baby just like I do the other two. Like when you saw, when you saw your nieces, they loved you. I love my nieces. They're they so were fun. That was, that was they are such fun, cool, interesting, and easygoing kids. And it's so unfortunate because mine are going to be so difficult. <laughs> they are very intuitive, too. They yeah, are they really are. highly intuitive kids. Um, They're very flexible little girls, actually. Which I think is very interesting. I feel like I meet a lot more children that are rigid rather than flexible. And maybe that's because of my work, because I work in pediatric health care. Right. And I work in a therapy office and a ner- with a neuropsychologist. So, like, maybe that's why I'm used to seeing kids who are rigid and need a lot of structure. When you see children then, and give me a good example on this. Let's take about, like, the problem that's happening here in Texas. There are a thousand beds that are they're lacking. They have these private facilities that are unlicensed where they're putting these kids. And, unfortunately, they're slipping through the cracks. There's been trafficking through them. There's been sexual abuse through them. They're being exploited on the Internet. They're being abused, and they're supposed to be cared for by the state, and they're not being. And 35% of the kids are awarded to the state of Texas because they can't afford health care for mental illness because they don't have the proper mental care for these kids that are now becoming adults. I see what you're asking me. Yes, there is an extreme class issue in America where if you are... If you are not affluent in America, you will not have access to health care. Mental, physical, dental, vision, doesn't matter. You won't have access to health care unless you are affluent in America right. or you know how to make the system work for you. Uh-huh. So if you are a child that is unprotected and you are going through household to household, mostly unsupervised, mostly neglected and uncared for, and you need health care, you are not going to get it. It is fundamentally wrong <laughs> because these are children and they need care but also children don't just need care people need care we live that we unfortunately live in this country in america specifically for some reason people like to forget the ninth amendment where you have rights even if they are not enumerated in the constitution and they should be defended and everybody has the right to safety and security Bring that up. Talk about the Ninth Amendment. You know it, so talk about it. Uh, I don't know all of it. I have to pull up. Essentially, the Ninth <laughs> Amendment is the is the amendment that states that even if there are rights not written down in the first ten, the preamble of the Constitution, the first ten amendments, even if there is something not covered in those amendments, people still have those rights. That's it. That's all that amendment is. And people ignore that because of political structure. People, I think we have fostered a. Uh, it's okay. Uh, we have fostered a society that really fancies litigation. Okay. And so people sue each other a right. lot. But also, 
people like to, ah, man, this is really tricky. One thing that I have really learned, because I did do legal studies for a long time when I was in high school. And one thing that I really learned in high school is that the reason that legal documents feel the need to spell everything out for people is because if you don't do it, people get abused. Mm -hmm. There is... Like, good faith arguments do not exist in legality, and they do not exist in the government. And they should, but they don't. It is written that they should in our, in our documents, and yet they do not. Right. Uh, and it's pretty heinous, actually. It's pretty heinous, actually. I don't think that you need to do anything to deserve health care, and I don't think you need to do anything to deserve, you know, like, mental health care. You don't need to do anything to deserve comfort. You don't need to do anything to deserve a living wage. You should just... People should just have things. I agree. It doesn't really matter. Like, there's no... People have inherent value regardless of whether or not they can produce and create things for the world around them. You do not need to contribute to society to have worth and value. And you don't need to contribute to society to be taken care of. No, you just need to be connected with your higher self. No, you don't even need to do that. You can be, uh, no, people can be unwell and not receive, and still receive care. Oh, you're talking about the fundamental 3D version. Yes. Okay. I'm talking about the spiritual. um, I I understand that you're talking about the spiritual, but you know, people cannot address the spiritual until their material, physical needs are met. Fair. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could not, I could not engage with my spiritual self until I was physically safe and was not living in a violent household. People on the street cannot become high vibrational until they can sleep and bathe regularly and have meals and be cared for. Do you feel, because this is what I've had to go through, because remember, I went through Winter Storm Uri by myself. Yeah. I went through my breaking of my wrist three places by myself. You did. I went through transitional movings by myself. I was left in the house alone by myself. No one helped me do those things. I've had spent holidays by myself. But the thing is, what I've learned on my journey is that when I give it all to God, and when you're in your spiritual purpose, it's you can have that safety again. The safety starts here, and the safety starts up here, and the safety starts with Him. And the reason why I say it like that is because if it weren't for the trees... If it weren't for the dragonflies, if it weren't for the butterflies, if it weren't for the water, the sun, the clouds, the moon, her, and Skittles, and that calmness and understanding, I, after everything I've gone through, I don't know where I would have been. People, the safety comes from when we have trauma, we want to be safe again, and we want to be safe again, we want to be safe again, and you went through that, I went through that. And there are millions of people out there in the world who go through that daily. Mm-hmm. And they buy things to support, to think that that's going to make them safe. They go into these quick relationships thinking that's going to make them safe. They break out of these relationships because they think that's going to make them safe. They're always in the flight or flight mode, like you said. What I do believe, though, is that when you give it to the spirit and the divine, they will show you how the way of being how to feel safe again and part of it is loving yourself and knowing that you are deserving of those things and the education wisdom 
that's lacking in lower vibrational people, they are not able to decipher the things that are going on. So you have I have to be ready for that, though. And I not a lot agree. Of, not a lot of people are. No, it's very difficult. That's why. But I, I'm not. I'm not sure that I agree. I don't know. I know a lot of people. I, I you know, I remember being small and trying to give everything to God, and it didn't work. Well, maybe it's because we weren't teaching you it the right way. Because now I see my money as spirit's money. He can take it away from me or he can bless me with more. I don't look at it as my money or myself. So when I go and I buy myself a piece of jewelry, I'm asking for it, it like confirmation. It's coming from God. So if he gives me a tennis bracelet, tennis bracelet's from God. It's not from myself. It's not my impulse of buying it that way. It's because God said, you deserve this. You earned it. You, you, you. You, you, how you, we're proud of you, we love you, and this is how we're showing it. Mercy, I'm not ashamed to admit that I like pretty things. Don't be <laughs> the goddess gave me two hands, I work hard with them. There you go. I will I give myself think nice things. You, I don't believe that God wants us to deprive ourselves of the wonderful, beautiful things because it's like, no, you're supposed to reject it all because you're supposed to be the martyr all the time. No, I don't think that's what God intended. I think he teaches us that we are when we're worthy of something, he wants to bless us and honor us with those blessings and we are not supposed to question it. We're just supposed to be thankful and then give back to others to show that we receive those blessings, that we're giving it to someone else because then that circle of energy that's positive and light forward paying it forward exists and i think people go ahead and when they get in greed mode they're so afraid that they're going to lose everything that they hold on tighter i know my dad was like that mm -hmm. he was very stingy did not like to get my ex-boyfriend's mother is like that as well because of the trauma they endured yep. like a lot for people who hoard things These things will never hurt them right yes. and the hoarding also it just basically is saying is that well, if I give up this stuff, then I won't have it anymore. If somebody takes this away from me. I can remember as a child, whenever someone gave me a birthday card, I was so grateful for the birthday card because I never thought I was going to receive another one. And so what did I do? I held on to all the birthday cards. You no, still do. I st not anymore, I don't. You used to. When I was, I you used lived in the same house when I was a kid, you did. You know, I remember you had a scrapbook of all your birthday cards. I did. That's correct. I did. Including ones from your childhood. Those I thought were kind of neat. That's different. 33, 33. But... What I've learned is that if I hold on to things too tight, I can't let the flow of energy go, even yeah. with money. If I yeah. hold on to money too tight, then I can't let the flow of energy go. Now that I've started letting money go, it comes back. There you go. Yeah. And it's the truth. I never thought of that that way because I kept in that mindset. We were always taught that we wouldn't have enough. Your father would always say, remember in the house, he'd go, yeah. we have to hold on to this. We don't have enough. But then again, he would also spend the things that he said that he shouldn't, and then it would come back. And then he'd get rid of it again, but that was because he was gambling. Yeah. So that's the coral cycle right there that we, we learned. And my father was a gambler, so he did the same thing. So it's important for us to acknowledge when you're giving the money away in a healthy way. Yeah. And not in a dysfunctional way. It's meant to be shared. It's meant to be shared. Right. Everything God, is meant to be shared. Is, so that's why I always say it's God's it's money. So even if I, do, if I make money from you this. No, I think, I think Skittles is telling us that it's time to... To either go for a break or wrap things up. You're right. It's 34 minutes around. So this will wrap it up. But I really enjoyed talking with you like this. And oh, I'm hope, glad. I hope we can do this again. What would be your final advice to your generation that are going through trauma bonding relationships or going through 
past child trauma working through oh. things oh, and, and sexuality as well. What would you what would you like to give them the advice of doing? There is a time where you will need to be alone, and there is a time where you are going to need people. You will not be happy with just one. You will need both. That's good advice. A lot of my healing was done alone, but a lot of my healing also came when I allowed myself to be vulnerable and be frightened and share that fear with other people and allow them to take care of me. Because once I started meeting people who would take care of me, it got easier. I think the most frightening thing for me was when after you came out was after the Orlando shooting. Oh, the Pulse shooting. Yeah, that happened several years later. I remember you saying to me, why do they hate me so much? And they do. And there's not anything I'm ever going to be able to do about it. So the component that you get the pro- to process that makes you should make you feel better is that God does not hate you. He was outcasted. Jesus was outcasted. So all of us who are outcasts are actually the cornerstones and are needed. I wonder, you know, I wonder if there's evidence that Jesus was gay. He did love Simon the rock. Simon Peter, his rock. (sighs) Goodbye, everybody! (laughs) (laughs) Two, 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 two. There are times and places for things. You never know. We'll see. But David was. And that should give somebody comfort. Gilgamesh was. Because one of the things I've learned through this is that they want me to incorporate all religions into this conversation so that everyone feels better. Yeah. So, we're going to say goodbye now. Thank you so much, Anchor, for hosting our podcast. Thank you, Divine, for hosting and helping us with our uh, discussion. Skittles, as always giving up the messages and we will take care very soon love and light god bless